Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of No Quest for the Wicked Gentleman. I have two very important questions for you. First, are you ready to rock? Yeah. 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 More importantly, are you ready to roll? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I, I mean, I have so much energy today. I'm like, I'm in a good spot. Let's do it. Let's go. Where we last left off, you guys landed on Sinonis Prime. You were attacked by the Sarkisian. Yes, there was a double, double-headed double bird that attacked you. But more importantly, there seems to be a strong invading force of Sarkezian mercenaries and blood letters that seem to be, you found a small device on them that seemed to be uh, hired by Cadrical's Keepers, the human supremacy group that seems to be obviously tied to the mysterious entity known as Cadrical's Eyes. It doesn't seem like they are, are operating under the Ministry of Defense. It seems like they're there for a tertiary reason. And you met Catherine's brother, Jorhara, the commander of the uh, Sononan Armada. He uh, saved you guys from an ambush, brought you back to the Sononan Palace, and you guys are now kind of in Sononan custody, where you then remet with Astrid and Thimble, who were there sort of on their own mission, trying to find Astrid's father, which seems to have been a dead end. Thimble informed you that Penny is most likely Penateris, which is uh, the Valai that worked pretty much solely on the Eris shuttles back on Earth. Okay. Do we know what happen to Penateris? No, I mean, once once the Eris reactors were made, all the Valai just disappeared, just, like, vanished. I'm just gonna guess Mazo torture and study? Is that probably what made her crazy, you think? Made her off the edge? I would find it very difficult that a human man who had never learned of magic or yeah, very, very, very mortal could overpower a Valai. That seemed to be what Penny said, though. You hear heavy footsteps approaching from the same door that Thimble and Astrid came from. And Jorhara stands in the doorway and says, I think it's time you meet someone. Follow me. I love new friends. So many friends. And he begins leading you down a hall. You get to a door and he stops and he says, they wish to speak to you. I want you to know right now that if it was up to us, you wouldn't even be here. I want you to know right now that you would not know they are even here, but they have asked it of us, and so we are granting it. And he presses his hand on the keypad, and the door slides open, and in front of you is a white pearlescent figure about seven and a half feet tall. Think of like, if you think of like a lizard man kind of thing, like that's the kind of the idea where he's got like those big thighs that like buckle under and then his calves go underneath. He's got these like four, like three big toes and one long heel. So it's like this four pronged foot on his arms. There are small fish like fins of, of like purple and pink. Uh, and that's kind of the only color that is on him other than this sort of like rippling pearlescence of his skin. His arms are long and his, his hands are elongated down past his waist, almost to his knees. And once again, they are like a four pronged, almost it looked like they could be webbed without the webbing. His face is again elongated down almost like a beak but it rounds out there's no features there's no mouth there's no eyes there's no nose there's no ears it's just a a smooth uh curved face that rounds out uh beak like and a small sort of like cap at the back just kind of like pops out on the back almost like a pterodactyl 
face. That's um, exactly what I'm picturing. I, yeah. Or like fucking the alien, I, alien. I hate xenomorph. this. <laughs> kind of like a xenomorph. Smooth but xenomorph. This feels fucked. A lot thinner, a lot more narrow. It's not yeah. as like as big. And then he has these uh, four tendrils that come out of his back that look like they should house feathers or wings, but there's nothing on them. They're just these sort of like uh, featherless or wingless like tendrils that come out of his back. Um, and he extends his hand out to you with a greeting. Hello. It is good to officially meet you in person. Long time no see. Hello, Mr. Villai. Um, I, I shake it. Please, call me Aerodaxis. Okay, Mr. Aerodaxis Villai. How have you been keeping Aerodaxis? I would say well, as I still am alive, but as you can see, there is much to be troubled about. Agreed. Um, we're alive too. Yeah, we're still alive. I see that, and it pleases me. Mm, we met an old friend of yours. That is why I've asked to see you. Okay. I got... Okay. Durin's just watching. Durin feels so sus about this. Feels weird. I want to do a sense motive on him just to get the sure. vibes, you know? Yeah. I'm doing a quick vibe check. Durin's 25. special ability vibe check. <laughs> I, have, I have the feet, yes. 25 is enough to know that... He he didn't know he was meeting you until, like, just recently. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I don't know how to, like, put that into... But, like, you get the vibe that, like, this was not a planned meeting. Like, you are not here because of his sort of, like, machinations. Machinations. Yeah. Okay. This, okay. Is, this is a surprise to him as well. Well, shall we take a seat? Catch up? I can't help but ask, but normally you would be changing for us, if that makes sense. You looked different before. Yeah. He cocks his head sideways and, and, and sort of like takes in the fact that you are all looking at his head. Oh, sorry. 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 I didn't mean didn't mean to offend. No, it's, it's more the fact that like you're all looking at the same spot. Yeah. Because when you look at Thimble and Astrid, they're both looking somewhere different. Oh. What? Mm. Astrid seems to be th- looking sort of at eye level and uh, Thimble's looking up a little bit, but not as high as. It looks like she's looking at his chest almost. Oh, so it's only us that are seeing that. That's interesting. And when he looks at you and realizes what's happening, he says, oh, you can see my form. And he raises up a hand and sort of like traces it in front of you as you like kind of follow his his hand uh, where it actually is. And he says, interesting. Um, And Thimble and Astrid are standing there kind of in stunned silence. And he takes a step forward and he says, we have not yet had the pleasure to meet. My name is Aerodaxus. Uh, and he extends a hand. And when he does, you see a ripple of purple energy that kind of like shimmers out of him as a sort of ghostly apparition hand reaches out and shakes Astrid. And you can tell that's probably the form that she's seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing happens with Thimble as well. Why can we see you? Because... You used to look like Diane Lane. <laughs> and now you don't have a face. If I had to guess, I would say that it is because you have connected quite intensely with one of my people. I wouldn't call it connecting. Regardless, Penateris was inside you, and that has, I guess, inoculated you to our psychic reverberations. Okay. okay. Um... I don't even know where to begin, Aerodaxis. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions about that, but... 
Well, now we know about Pentaris, about Penny, uh, being one of the driving forces behind the conflict happening in this system. Do you have anything to add about that? Last time we met, you said you were the last Valai. That obviously was not true. Did you know about it at all? I do not think I was incorrect saying I was the last Valai. As I told you before, when we make our choice to trade our lives for others, echoes of our soul remain. It is the whispers in the ship that people hear. It is the spirit of Kaya. We linger to watch, to know that our legacy is that of grace, of guidance. We know that our sacrifice was not for naught, and I worry that whatever Penateris sacrificed herself for has trapped her. Do you know what she became? Oh, that's such a good question. I do not. When we found... Uh, and he stops for a second, and you can tell he's, like, figuring out, like, what part of Valai history to, like, start with. And he says, as you know, we were cosmic observers. We were entities in the fold that watched and maintained balance. We were the ones who, when we saw a cosmic shift in the universal balance, we alerted the powers higher than us. Some call them gods. Some call them just the cosmic forces of the universe. And those balance discrepancies were corrected, oftentimes with catastrophe, genocide, destruction. After a while, I grew unable to watch another people be erased from the ledger of the universe. And I broke my pact and intervened. That was met with even greater catastrophe, as we learned that saving those that are meant to die comes at a cost, and I did not pay it. At that point in time, I was exiled, banished from the fold, not allowed to return to my people. But one by one, the Valai stood with me. They exiled themselves as well, abandoned the fold, and we set out on our own mission, still agents of balance, and we knew that in the cosmic scales, our souls, our existence, weighed heavier than those of the mortals. And in our greater numbers, we were more powerful. At the beginning, we were able to save planets, systems, with a single life. But as our numbers dwindled, we realized that the toll and the cost would get greater. By the time Penateris found Earth and the plight of humanity, we were only a few, and our power and our influence had dwindled so greatly that a single life was only capable of making a ship, and I rejected that cost. But it was Penateris who reminded me that one life was still worth saving thousands. It was her steadfast dedication to the people of Earth, to the humans, that we dwindled our numbers even greater. After saving Earth, we decided as a people that we would disperse. We would experience life. We would experience the universe and find a cause that meant something to us. Even if it meant a one-for-one -one trade, we would choose who 
where, why, and finalize our mission of balance. And over the time, I felt my brothers and sisters disappear until I was the last. Do you know what happened to any of them? We used to have a strong psychic bond, but again, as our numbers dwindled, so too did our power. We were connected by our names, which is how I found you the first time. When you spoke of Kaya, when you uttered her name, I saw you, as too do I see everyone on Goa. But now you speak of Penateris, a name I have not heard since we left Earth, and I realize that this could be, she could be, what we're looking for. It certainly seems that way. What did she do with Mezo? Yeah, because she is... never became an engine, right? That's probably the biggest question. They, uh, they seemed, now that we know her real name, they seemed intimate to a degree. I do not know. She went her way and I went mine. And that is, our, our connection at that point was so weak that I can only feel her when her light went out. When was that? Oh, that's a, oh, that's another good question. Um, he thinks, and he says, time is not the same for Valai, but it was not that long ago. Okay, so guessing... 60 years? Um, he stops and thinks, um, and like you can see he's like really having a hard time like conceptualizing time in a way oh. that you guys would understand. Oh. Okay, wait, I got it, I got it. How, how many human generations? Um, he thinks and says... It would be about one. Okay. So well, 60 to 80, okay, that, 90, 100 years. That kind of gives us a little bit of a timeline. Okay. All right. The past is all fine and dandy, Aerodaxis, but I am quite curious as to why you're on Sonona Prime and how long you've been here. Once again, back to time questions, so you don't need, you know. Someone get this Alaya calendar. I have not been here long. Okay. As we learn of this threat. As I find out that Valai blood is being weaponized and used as a gateway to, either intentionally or otherwise, to harbor an evil, a disease, one that threatens the balance of the universe, it is my responsibility as the last Valai to make sure that those scales are not tipped too far. This will be my sacrifice. This will be what I give my life for. I will find, I need to find, what is poisoning the psychic echoes of Panateris. That seems to be a similar goal to us, so uh, we can definitely keep that in mind as we move forward. Do you know where she is? No. I, As I said, our psychic connection was lost as our numbers fell. And I can feel her now, in this room, her presence is here. We we have some of her blood. Oh, uh, is it that that you're sensing? We have a lot of it. We have a whole engine. Actually, that's probably someone else. But yes, that 100% someone else. But we have a lot of blood of your friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, and there's the plant on the ship too. Wait, holy shit! Hold on. Is he smelling the plant? Is that what's happening? Plant should not be Penateris. I've been carrying Penateris around and reading her stories this whole time. I'm I'm quitting. I'm that done. would be that's why I'm asking because that would be the wildest thing to happen. No, that was a shaving of Kaya, a completely different person. The way that every Eris reactor is yeah. another person. I can feel Penateris here. 
But uh, Penateris, yeah, could be my silver liquid. I take out my vial. Um, he goes over and takes it from you and cradles it as if it's uh, a, a baby, a living thing. Um, he even like supports, he has a hand humbering under his other hand as if to give it extra protection. Uh, and he says, my dear sister, I'm sorry that this is the pain you are in. And he wraps his hands around the vial and returns it to you. Thank and you, you get this like wave of sadness from him. Can you give us anything that of why this is also her? You're saying she's in pain. What does that mean? Well, I'm assuming wherever this blood is being harvested, it's from whatever she turned into or became. I do find it preserved that she also has a form that can move around. So I don't know if that's just psychic Valai stuff. Or did, when we saw her with Mezo, was she herself or was she taking over somebody? I forget. She was taking over uh, uh, Mezo's wife. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So we do. We have not seen her physically. No. no. So uh, for the, the two times you've talked to her were through um, Satir and Helena. Yeah. So we have to find Penny. And I only know one person that might have an idea as to where she is. Yeah. I have so many questions. I think, do you know... Do you know Alpha? He stares blankly at you. I'm Mezo's son. I am not even familiar with Mezo. I am aware of his involvement in the Valai human collaboration, but I was never really a a entity on Earth. He he had a son, and his son made me, and and I I need to find him. So okay. What's your sensing Valai blood powers like? How distinct can you be? How I don't accurate? I don't want to I don't want to say this in character because I don't want to actually be a lie. But can you turn into like a a, a detector real quick for us? <laughs> that's probably that's very rude. But you know what I mean. He's like, yes, this is my sacrifice. I'm like, no. yeah, right. That's what I mean. Uh, he says, I am able to sense psychic presence. I knew. That Kaya was on your ship, and I did not personally know your engine, but I I can I can sense when they are near. So can you tell when people are influenced? That would be difficult. Okay. We have a friend. I have a friend. I know somebody. <laughs> um who is Jahara still in the room? Uh J- Jahara is absolutely still here, for sure. Okay. Uh, I know someone who seems to be very uh, in tune with the silver liquid. He utilizes it as his own, changes shape, f- forms himself into liquid. Do you know anything about that? Or how a being like that comes to exist? Does the name Azim mean anything to you? I do not know the name, but okay. the idea of being able to manifest or wield our blood would be a feat a human should not be able to handle. Certainly not a mortal. Azen is a super va- space vampire. Knew it. 100%. Maybe, yeah. maybe a Valai found him and sacrificed themselves to give him this ability. To I save guess, him in some but... way. A one-for-one one trade, like you said. We're just getting more questions, I feel like. We're, we got to... <laughs> Why are you here, Aerodaxis? Why Sonotus Prime? It seems the safest. Okay, that's fair. I know that the Ministry of Defense of Casamal has been utilizing, weaponizing 
our blood. As the only planet not engaged in the Federation of Councils, I hoped that Sononis Prime could be a place that I could ground myself and examine what is happening in the system and use it as a base of operations. The Sononans have been gracious, helping me. What about Astrid's dad? Do you know Do you know him? She's been looking and it, it, it seems like some kind of a lie mystery led him away. Yeah, uh, you would definitely be the one to know. He turns around and paces around the room for a second. He says, yes, I know Jonathan Aurelius. I was the one who called him to the fold. I was the one that reached out to him because I thought he was ready. I th- thought... There's a lot of thoughts here. Are you implying he wasn't ready? I thought I could make another Valai. Time out. You can do that? I thought it was possible. Jonathan Aurelius made many sacrifices. He worked tirelessly to better the system. I saw in him the core convictions of us. I was not eager to change him physiologically. I wasn't trying to make him literally of a lie, but I was trying to assemble a a group of people that could carry on our mission. But somewhere along the way, he was lost. What does that mean? I fear that the psychic reverberations, the echoes, the sole echo of his ship had mixed with mine and perhaps was too much for the human brain to comprehend. I worry that during his travel to the fold to find me, he succumbed to madness. I want to look at Astra Dirt while this is all talking out. Mm. Like, what does she look like with all of this? Give me a sense motive. Yeah, we'll do. Um, it's a one. Dirty 30? She's furious. You can see her fuming. Is this like, the first time she's heard this story, too? Oh, 100%. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, she's been looking for her father since she was, like, 16. Uh, Dane. Hmm. Yes. Has Astrid ever seen Aslan? Uh, she would have in, like, footage, yeah. Fuck, okay, that's that's a lot. But he's literally lost. Not, not, not dead, right? You don't know, right? I do not know where he ended, no. And I have searched for a very long time to find him. Well, that's that's something, Astrid. He, we'll we'll find him. Uh, and he turns to Astrid and he says, "I understand that you are angry, but your father was a great man. He inspired so many. The good he put into this universe tipped the scales. He brought balance to so much bad, and it inspired me. And I had made a mistake, and for that I regret it." Because not only did I take a great man from the world, I took your father. And for that, I will apologize profusely. And I know it will never be enough. But please know it was never an act of malice. It was never an act of abandonment on his part. He did it for you. And it was my failure that he didn't return. Uh, And Astrid storms out. What's our next step, Eridaxis? He sighs and kind of resumes pacing around. He says, we need to find Penateris. If she had sacrificed herself, then she will persist somewhere. That is what the Sinonans and I are working on. We are trying to project my consciousness out and see. Unfortunately, she is prevalent in this system. I hear her now in this room, 
and when I extend myself further, I hear her in the ships outside of this planet, and even further into the planets beyond. She has projected herself through this system, and the more she gains influence, the more the evil that has resided in her blood gets stronger and gets closer to release. So the trick is, I, like the old-fashioned way to find the Saradaxis without any uh, mind wumbo-jumbo uh, would be to find out which of the parties involved in this plot are the ones harvesting the blood, because they have to be getting it from her directly. So if we can narrow narrow it down to who's the original supplier, that's the, that's the group that has her, that has whatever she turned into, her main body is under one of these groups' controls, whether that's the Cadrical Cats, whether it's Azin, whether it's um, the Federation. We need to figure out who's the main supplier, whether it's Mezo. I don't think it's Mezo, because Mezo sounds shocked to see Penateris. Currently, I'm leaning towards Cadrical. Something about that feels right. That's the group we know the least amount about. Yeah. Do we know that the Ministry of Defense... Silver liquid was just what they reclaimed from the wrecks we investigated at the start, or did it seem like they had far more than that? I don't think you would know that, but it well, certainly we saw their like repository, right? When we were in the basement of the Ministry of Defense base, like we went into the room where they were about to take our silver liquid. Do we have an idea of like the volume? You never saw like a you saw like all the people that they were going to goop, but I don't think you ever saw the their supply. No, um, not. Just because when we went right into the lab, they were like, give it to us. I s- assumed there was like, oh, there was nearby. You saw vials of it. You would know that like there was there's no way to know if that's all they had or if that was just what they had on hand. Um, Did that same- seem like more than would have been reclaimed at the ship? Because we saw how much there was there. Um, again, it, it wouldn't have all been kept on that site. And like that it, goop. It, like the way think of like a like a vaccine, like they would have yeah. they wouldn't have like. All, every vaccine no, that's sure. been I would assume the goop we goop we reclaimed was just from other reactors. So are we sure that was Panateris's goop from the first goop? I guess it must have been. Well, he's saying he can hear yeah. Panateris in it. From right my now, goop, right? which is first which is goop prime. The only thing I was asking was we know roughly how much there was on the wrecks because we saw them, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So if there was more than that in the room, that would give us an answer. If there was less than that, then yeah, we wouldn't know how there was how certainly we... less. Okay, great. So yeah, they could have more, so we don't. Yeah. Wait, do we ever do we ever figure out what destroyed all those ships? Just like Nope. nope. Just more questions, Darren. <laughs> I think you figured out that some of them were destroyed by each other. Like there okay. were some terror ships and taverns, and you could like guess that they were destroyed like they had fought each other, but you never figured out what why there was silver liquid on them. This is gonna feel a little off topic, and I apologize for that. But out of respect, uh, Aerodaxis, if you can tell me, what was the one, the Valai that sacrificed themselves for our ship? Can you tell me their name? I would have to commune with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I did not know them personally. I, I had little to do with Earth. It's just, if you can, if at any point, it's just, they've been keeping us going for so long. And to know that they're living, I would really like to show that respect back to them. He nods and says, yes, I will. Thank you. Next time uh, I have the opportunity, I will I will try to commune and see what I can learn from them for you. That means a lot to me. And I know it's off topic, I know, I, but I don't know what could happen between now and the end of this conversation. So I just want to get that out there. 
Speaking of ending conversations, the last time we talked, I asked you something and and you disappeared. I apologize. My ability to project. It's okay. I just want to get it in as quick as possible. Do you know how to heal people of of the silver, the the gooping, as as we call it? Because I don't want to watch any more innocent people die. I want to be able to, to save people. We have to be able to save some people. Unfortunately, the only way to stop this is to quell the the evil residing in Peneteris. Until we get rid of that, we cannot re- undo what has been done. Is there a way to at least stop them from dying when the silver liquid has had its way with them? He thinks for a moment and says, until they begin showing signs of influence, a coma could be used to prevent the, the influence from taking hold. It would seem as we've researched that once they have achieved what their goal is or or once they've received instruction, then it is past a point of no return. If we could get to them before that, then perhaps we can cut off the connection as this seems to be entirely psychic related. But as, as Peneteris' influence grows throughout the system, it will become harder to stop. The, the psychic reverberations are feeding off one of each other like a chain of satellites. When it was one, it was harmless. A simple suggestion, perhaps. But now, they can coordinate. They can work in tandem. They can receive instructions from planets away. All right, I'm not a fan of these conversations we've been having lately, which is just questions, but getting more questions. So let's just get to the point. Um, What's our next step now? So you're trying to track it down. Obviously, that's going to take time. Is there anything you need from us to do it? Yeah, I'm not going to sit around idly when there are people who need our help. I needed you here, which is, unfortunately, I was not able to reach out to you. So I knew you would come for Astrid and Thimble. And that is why I mimicked the call, letting her know that her father was here. Can I punch Aerodaxis? Uh, Absolutely. I, I, that's fucking insane. I'm... You're telling me you gave our friend an inch of fucking hope that her father was still alive just to draw us here. You couldn't send a fucking email? (laughs) You see him shrink. We don't operate in false hope, Aerodaxis. If you could mimic that call, you could mimic another one. I understand, but... I think I understand why you're the last for lie. You're the, the weakest. Oh... He looks at you straight on. He says, that is correct. I am. And that is why I need to pull the same strings that Peneteris is. Find the ones that haven't yet been pulled taut and pull them to my side. It is not something I'm proud of. I understand this makes me a coward. But we have given Casamal so much. We sacrificed so much for the people of Casamal. Everyone here has gotten a second chance because of us. This was a paradise of second chances. And I do not wish to see it lost. And so if I have to sacrifice my beliefs, my integrity, to orchestrate a rescue of the people that I love, then I will. And you can hate me. I can be the villain. I can be a coward. Those mean nothing to me. What matters is that we do not lose everything. 
once again, we will help you. We want this over just as much as you do. I don't agree with what you did, and I don't know how you'll ever owe this to Astrid. Figure it out, is all I can say. Or you may, wake, you may wake up with a dagger in your back, so be careful. But for now, what's the next step, Aerodaxis? We use the blood of Penateris, and hopefully with that I can attune more closely to the source. Is there a danger in that for you? As you said, Penateris is really powerful, and you guys have a psychic link. I don't want you going all haywire here. I won't be ingesting it. I will simply be... Reaching out your consciousness, right? Is there a chance she could grab a hold of it? No. Okay. This feels way dangerous at this point. So you need this, Miracles of the Vile. So this is what you wanted us here for? Correct. Fine. I've, I've got a bad feeling about all of this right now. I haven't felt good about anything in weeks. Durin, I don't think you've felt good about anything in years. I don't think this is going to change much. <sighs> okay, yeah, I mean, you're f- it's a, that's a bit of a call-out, but it's fair. Aerodexus says, this will take a while. I will essentially be hitting a universal tuning fork and reverberating at the same psychic level. Hopefully, what has been stopping me currently is the noise of the blockade outside this planet. I'm hoping with the assistance of Penateris's blood, I will be able to project further. And at that point, I'm hoping I can find the source. And then it'll just be a matter of time of culling the evil within. Now, if your resonation leads you to a dangerously handsome man uh, with an edge to him that seems very goopy, I would pull back right away. We do not want him to know where we are. So Jahara's not goopy. A different dangerous man with a handsome edge. Who is uh, currently his ex, and you know, you're open to new opportunities. This is not the time. In fact, <laughs> he probably needs new opportunities. Anyway, I'm- <laughs> this is a wonderful person. <laughs> he has friends that are worms. I'm vibrating with rage. I'm going to go outside and make flames appear. Start the tuning. Uh, Cody, you should probably check in on Astrid. She'll probably need someone kind. I can't be that for her right now. I, I, I'm not good at that. You're good think, at being genuine. You're genuine, Cody, and that's what she needs. A genuine friend. I look at Duran. I, I I think you're you're better. I I say I say dumb shit all the time, and I think even in this conversation, I don't think I handled that part well. Sometimes I think the you, dumb shit no no, hear me out. Sometimes the dumb shit is what someone needs to hear. Not my brand sometimes. I'm too blunt, I'm too harsh, I'm just But you know loss. I do, but I think Varric's right. Will you come with me then? Yeah, of course. Okay. Just, if I say something dumb, just stop me? I don't think you will, but yeah, I'll be there for you if you want. Okay. If anything changes Aerodaxis, or when you get close, get someone to alert us. We just, I put the vial on the table. Uh, he nods, and as you guys are leaving the room, he says, I am sorry for the pain, for the stress. I'm sorry. You saved our lives once. We're now even on the playing field. For this new partnership, we need to work with each other and build upon it. All right? We'll help you achieve your goals. You have to help us achieve ours. It's Astrid you need to apologize to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He nods and says, an apology I do not think is enough, but I understand. Well, you're psychically questing. Maybe maybe find her dad. Because I think, honestly, that's the only way she'll forgive you. Um, He... Like stops for a second and says, as I mentioned before, 
we were all looking for a single sacrifice to make. Jonathan Aurelius would be mine. Well, if you're able to not sacrifice yourself and bring him home, that would be great. But I yeah. think it's your decision to make. I leave. And yeah, I'm going to go follow Cody and go talk to... I'll go mediate. Um, as you guys are walking through the halls, you hear... Uh, or Jahara turns to you and says, I sent a small squad to retrieve your ship and bring it safely to our landing dock. You don't need to worry too much about that. I understand that you have some personal things to attend to. Once you're done there, uh, please meet me in the war room. And he walks down the hall. But as he does, you guys hear a noise in the distance. You hear like the sound of like a like a gentle humming. Um, and then down the hall that you can't see, just like around the corner, you hear. Uh, and then you hear. A and as two uh, Sononan soldiers around the corner, they have a floating cage. And inside is oh. the Blinks. Oh my God, Mister Blinks! Wait, was there? There was two, though, right? Like one was dead. Be... Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Its life partner died, and now it was lost, and we saved its life. But it's very sad, still, probably. Um, it looks at you guys and and stops like frantically teleporting around, but it seems to be in some sort of like containment. So when it like flashes and like tries to like teleport, only parts of it do. It like throws itself sort of uh, with force in the direction that it was trying to go because some of it stays corporeal. And one of the soldiers is like, uh, Commander, these idiots had a class A restricted species loose on their ship. It wasn't even contained. Did we? It's our friend. Yeah, that's Mr. Blinks. Uh, one of them reaches in with like a stun baton and like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not it. I'm running up to them to stop them. Before you can get there, Jarhara grabs the guy's arm and yanks it so hard that you hear a pop and presses him against the wall with a finger and says, if you touch that animal again, I will put you in that cage and you will be at the mercy of the end of my spear. Do you understand? And you can see this guy's fucking terrified. Like all sort of bravado that he had rolling in to like, shame you guys uh drains out of him and he goes like absolutely silent and he just kind of like silently nods frantically and he says you'll not be putting that in containment bring it to my chambers i'm gonna give america knowing smile and like a wink because like i I I can see ryan in real life getting horny over that exchange like i (laughs) I get it i get it no comment um and the one guy who was like who wasn't the one that just got his arm dislocated begins wheeling it like in a, a separate direction that thank that, you that one it's our friend thank you we did not know that they were with us but it makes sense look after him or whatever you're gonna do i'm gonna go for a walk <laughs> yeah he looks at you and says war room when you're ready and disappears down a hall all right you guys go see astrid i'm gonna just yeah walk around um do you want some time alone in the war room later oh guys we have a world to save we can uh we'll get to that stuff after it Hey, Kath, it's like, also my brother. Still yeah, here, Yeah, also Catherine's brother. Yeah, I mean, I assume you would support this, yeah? Guys, we have other things to do. Break. <laughs> Merrick just turns around and leaves. Maybe your brother just needs to get laid. I've heard that makes people nicer. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
Kathin makes a disgusted sigh and also goes a different way. Don't worry, Merrick. See, we got Durin? You. We got you. See? <laughs> Merrick is just gone. <laughs> like, he is not. He's See, not Durin? <laughs> I'm pointing at Merrick going one way, Kathin going the other way. See? Uh, that's just kind they're, of- actually, they're actually going the, the same way. That awkward thing where you, like, say goodbye and kind of oh, oh, go in the same well, way. Well, they, they're storming away from you. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. See? <laughs> Let's go talk to Astrid. <laughs> yeah, so Duran and Cody, you're going to talk to Astrid. Uh, Merrick, what are you doing? Uh, Merrick is just going to go for a little walk around. Like, he doesn't want to snoop too aggressively, but I'm just trying to get a lay of land. Because, you know, as much as I trust the Sinonans, I just want to make sure, you know, what this palace is like. Where sure. the prison, where the prison may be, where we will probably end up later for some reason, you know, stuff like that. Um, okay, uh, I think Kathan is going to go with you and just kind of like silently walk around with you, and then says, "Brothers, huh?" Oh man, you're telling me. Yeah. So were you guys like a noble family here, or was it like a rise from the ranks kind of thing for Jihara? Column A, column B, a little bit. Our father was uh, a high ranking. Sononan Armada official. Um, all right. Uh, he takes a deep breath and he says, my father was uh, a, a very important man in the Armada. Uh, and one day he was a target of an assassination. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, it, it failed. Oh. Um, however, the woman that was sent to kill him, I mean, didn't stab him in the heart, but certainly captured it. Uh, they fell in love. Fell in love with an assassin? Um, he looks at you and he says, I don't want to judge romantic partners, but... Uh, okay, and he fair gives enough. Like, yeah, he yeah, gives yeah. kind of like a shrug. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> Damn, That's so Catherine. good. Holy all shit. Right. That 20 burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, my mother was an indefinite spy. That is where I get the whole shape-changing thing from. They fell in love. They had us. Uh, we also went through the ranks. I was more of a tech engineer officer. Uh, my brother obviously excelled in frontline combat until my mother's transgressions caught up to her and she was killed. That I am sorry to hear. Thank you. At that point in time, I watched my father be devoured by vengeance. It became his singular focus. He tanked his career. He was dishonorably discharged from the Armada for using resources to find the killer. He got men and women killed on insane missions to try to find the people that killed my mother. To the point where it finally killed him. When he was alone and at his most desperate, he went into a fight that there was no chance of leaving. And I think... That's why I resonated so much with Lady Emberheart was because I saw my father in her. And I thought, if I couldn't save him, maybe I could save her. And we know where that ended. Hey, we still don't know what happened to Lady Emberheart. Not fully. He gives you a very weak smile and says, she was terrifying, but I don't think an exploding planet uh, is something a lot of people walk away from. I know at least one who did. Yeah, he kind of like clues in for a second and he says, sorry. It's all right. Yeah, family is tough. Um, did they? Did he ever figure out who pulled the trigger on your mother? Or was it always a wild goose chase? 
he was convinced, but pretty much every time he had a name, he was convinced. And then he crossed it off the list. And then he realized there was another name. And when he finally died, I needed a break. I needed to get away. I needed an escape. And Johara saw that as cowardice, as weakness. He thought I ran away, but Johara just threw himself even more into his work. So we we see the with the flip side of the same coin where he buried himself in work and I needed to go anywhere but here. I, I think we both feel like each other had abandoned the other. I understand that feeling. Cody and Durin, you guys uh find go back to that sitting room that you were you were in. And uh, you can see Astrid is just staring out the window. Her back is to you. Uh, Thimble is sort of like two or three feet away, just also staring silently. And when you guys walk in, uh, you see a flash of both relief and nerves because she doesn't really know if you two are the ones that Astrid needs, but she knows that she also isn't the one that Astrid needs. So... She's happy to allow the attempt. The call from your dad was a fake. <laughs> he he faked he faked the call and he's he's a big butt. I just wanted to clear that up because he didn't tell you that. He he told us that and he's a big butt. And I'm gonna go over and like try to like put a hand on her shoulder. Uh the second she senses you get close, she 180s and hugs you. I Aww hug her back and I look at Durin and I like gesture over <laughs> bad attempts but it went well so I just give a little thumbs up <laughs> I'm trying to get you to join in on the hug you see you see Thimble yeah you see Thimble shake her head <laughs> yeah that's not gonna happen I gesture to her <laughs> and then you feel Astrid like just squeeze tighter and you hear her cry I kind of motion for you to like hug her properly give her a good hug while this is happening oh, I'm giving her a good hug. I'm definitely trying not to okay, hurt okay. her because yeah. Cody a strong boy, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know why he would do that. I'm so sorry. Uh, she finally releases you and she wipes the tears from her eyes and she says, I've spent my entire life pretty much looking for him. And now I know that now that I know he's gone, most likely. I mean, I, I wish the thing that sucks is there's still there's still a thread of hope. I know I have I'm I'm dumb when it comes to a lot of things, and I'm dumb when it comes to hope, especially. So I I'm trying not to be the one to to make that worse, to to take that little that little pinprick of hope and and start to widen it in, into a hole. But there is there is hope. And, and if he's out there, I think we can find him. At the very least, we're going to fucking try. She nods and she puts a shoulder or a hand on your shoulder and just says, I'm going to try very hard to honor my father and do what he would have done in this situation. And that's help as many people as possible. If it's any consolation, Merrick punched Aerodaxis after he left. She smiles weakly and says, Remind me to buy Merrick a drink next time that's an option. Yeah, yeah, I will. And then she sits down and, and Thimble takes a seat beside her and just kind of like rests her head on her arm. Uh, and Astrid rests 
her head on top of Thimble's head, and they just kind of sit there together. Yeah, and just I just give I just give Cody like a nice little squeeze on the shoulder and a warm smile, just kind of give like the, the vibe like did good, did good kid. Uh, Cody's just like seems just like uncomfortable and sad, but like he smiles back. If there's nothing else you want to do, uh, you have been requested to the war room. Um, I want to give them a good five to ten minutes before we get there. You know, we're gonna take that scenic route there. You know, just <laughs> we go get, get a coffee. Yeah, grab a coffee. You know, we're just. <laughs> I do want to talk to Jenny. You at guys some point. walk into uh, just an awkward, quiet room where it's just me, Catherine, and Jahara just cr- with our, all our arms crossed, just looking at each other, <laughs> making like just some grunts. I don't know what you guys thought was going to happen, but this is what is currently happening in this room. That's exactly what I thought would be happening. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you walk into the war room and Catherine and Merrick are sitting at the table, uh, arms crossed. Jorhara is uh, also kind of like wandering around the room looking at computer screens. Uh, This thing is like packed. It's a big uh, rectangular room uh, with a big curved bank at the front of just so many fucking screens. There's a map on the far wall to the left that takes up pretty much the whole thing. Um, And you can tell that it's kind of like an, an entire map of uh, Sonona's Prime and you see like little dots being tracked and then you see sort of a interstellar view as well like a galaxy map as well with the positions of the uh, ships that are currently forming the blockade in the planet but then there's also a small sort of like science station off to the right hand side and you can see that there is a small little uh, little guy. And as you walk in, he uh, floats around and, and turns in a small floating stool. And he hops off it, uh, standing at about three feet tall. The six-armed furry creature hops off his little floating stool. Ah, uh, it's one of these. Gittermander? He adjusts his uh, tunic and smooths it out. It's like a standard uh, slate gray uniform that all of them are wearing. But... It looks particularly striking in juxtaposition to his crimson fur. He lifts a set of uh, large goggles up onto his forehead, revealing a orange face of fur, uh, almost like pointed in a five-point star. And he pads his way over to you. He waddles his way over to you, and he goes, Oh, yes, um, you are the Offworlders, yes? Um, yes. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Nice to meet you. What's your name? My name is uh, Quinlan Tealight. Greenland Tea Light. I am Chief Science Officer here on Sonona's Prime. Love ev- I've loved every science like thing mm. that we've run into <laughs> this whole game, this whole campaign. It's just been like the most adorable, weirdest things as science officers. It's the best. I was just about to say they're all little. They're all just little guys. They're all yeah. They're all little guys. <laughs> it's like a fancy short jack. Don't say that short jack. I won't. He's a king. What could get more fancy? <laughs> I don't know. Being bright red. <laughs> Ooh, damn. So Quinlan, um, what can we, what, what, what are you doing here? What are we, I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm not, I don't talk to science officers that much. I just let mine do their own thing. Jahara walks over and just says, we are uh, currently fighting two wars on, on two fronts. There's the mercenary invasion, which seems to be loosely tied to the Ministry of Defense, but we're also in the Cold War staring at each other phase in our space front as well so the armada is dealing with the stalemate of the blockade but then we also have these 
fucking asshole mercenaries everywhere. They're like fucking cockroaches. Um, you can see him getting like actually really worked up for some reason. And then he walks you over to the, uh, the screen and he says, these are units. They are scattered and we're trying to figure out what they're doing because nothing, nothing that they're doing seems to make any goddamn sense. They're, they're not attacking vital targets. They're not attacking military outposts. They're just kind of everywhere. Durin wants to. I Terry has an idea, and Durin wants to be able to vocalize it during all this. Like it doesn't make sense what they're doing, right? If I think about it, like what what are they attacking? Give me some some current targets. Just I have a thought, and I need to confirm some things. I mean, the last one, I guess, the most important one was the the outpost landing ground that they were at for you guys there was a sawmill that they attacked there was a civilian complex there there's been a couple like remote settlements they've attacked they have attacked a manufacturing plant for sugar no no okay all right hear me out this is i feel like we need to get the red string out for what terry's about to say yeah yeah no no like it's like it's like that's always sunny thing with all the thing in the background all right all right no, no hear it out hear it out it doesn't make sense because it's the point. It's like they're doing these, and this is just a thought. It could be wrong. could be completely wrong. But these targets don't make sense because they're just supposed to be maybe a distraction to pull your focus on something else. Is there a place where they're like specifically seems to be avoiding within like this map of like targets? Is there a spot on here that feels vacant? Johara says that is my assumption as well these are a distraction technique meant to spread our resources thin it is meant to keep us occupied while something else happens and that is what i'm going to ask of you we are trying to pinpoint exactly what you just said during a location that they seem to be dragging us away from trying to make us not look at my first guess is and then he looks down to uh Quinlan and says would you like to explain and Quinlan runs over to a small monitor and uh his like little stool meets him halfway and he jumps and lands on this stool uh and he says yes so notice prime is protected by something called the pulsar zashida it is a field that is uh wrapped around the entire planet and it prevents teleportation uh, well, ah, it, it, it prevents interplanetary teleportation. Uh, so people without a proper pass can't teleport onto or off of the planet. It is a combination of technological satellites, broadcast towers, and magical ley lines that is interwoven into the planet itself. It is nearly impossible to disable it completely. Can I interject? Um, because my mind is just going with this, but Azen did take a huge power source from Usuron. Uh, we do have it, but is something of that power, if we put throw this in here, could could that disrupt it somehow? I mean, I would have to look at the, the power source, but I can I can send someone to your ship to retrieve it, and I can begin to, to study it. Um, curiously enough, I have also been working on these. Um, and he presses a button on the table, and it, like, slides open... And then a like gravity field appears, like a like a purplish cube appears, and float up are a bunch of those like ceramic discs, those white discs with the the red symbol on it uh, that you got off the mercenaries, and they pop up in like all sorts of different, almost like cross sections. So like one is put together, one has been split open, and then like all the parts 
are slowly like across getting more and more refined and more and more taken apart and de- deconstructed. And he says, these are the ones that are boggling my mind. I'm not sure what these are for. They're certainly communication devices of some sort, but they also have latent magic abilities of a contingency spell. What's the contingency? That's a, yeah. Well, contingencies usually are a way of uh, magically protecting yourself upon death, but it doesn't seem like it works because we've gotten all of these off of people who are dead. Maybe the contingency is that when this communicator gets in the presence of whatever they're looking for, something triggers. No, no, wait, what if it happens all at once? Like all the deaths at once, which they do have with the goo thing. They can just shut everyone down at one point, right? I don't think they're explosives. No, it's just... I feel like we're close to something, you know? Can can anyone more magically inclined give give it a steady? He glares at you and he says... I'm sorry, do you think I'm not magically inclined? I said more so because you said you don't have the answer. Ergo, doesn't that mean no, if no, someone means. did, they would be more? Yeah, yeah, no, please, please, go. I'm just, I'm, no, 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 please. And he folds all six of his arms. <laughs> uh, I speak into my communicator. Zelfus, can you come down here? Oh, Wait, no shit. need. We've got his goo. We do oh, have his goo. Yeah, I don't want to waste the goo. He's literally just down the hall. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah. Zelfus slops in. I, I think for the first time, Duren's kind of like excited, but not in a good way. It's more so like he's figuring something, like something's coming together, and he's his. It's like his mind or his thoughts are f- trying to catch up to where his mind is. Like something's here, right? Yeah, Merrick thought he felt like that a couple weeks ago, um, <laughs> a couple episodes ago, and then we got no real answers. So he's not looking for. He's not hopeful <laughs> with any of it. <laughs> Uh, Zelfus, uh, comes in and he looks at this and he goes, what am I looking at? Um, this is a communicator doohickey with a contingency spell. We're trying to figure out what the spell is, what the contingency is. Yeah. The spell hasn't gone off at all, despite the deaths of the people who've owned these communicators. He just stares blankly and he says, I'm a doctor. (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) Point to, um, Quinlan. All right, Quinlan, you're the best we got. I'm sorry we ever doubted you. I I am actually reeling about like how obvious that should have been now that we're here. But fuck, that was well. When you hear science officer, you also don't think magic, do you? <laughs> I guess what kind of doctor they are matters. You... He's he's goop. I'm assuming that meant he was magic goop, and I think magic goop would know magic stuff. Well, he wasn't always magic goop. It's true, I guess. <laughs> but he does like lean over and uh, start kind of like looking around at stuff and Catherine is doing the same thing now that they have like deconstructed this whole situation how quickly could we have solved this whole thing if we had a mystic in our party you know or on the crew like we have no magic we literally it is our greatest weakness Catherine leans in and reaches into like sort of this gravity field and begins manipulating one of them that's like kind of half deconstructed uh, and spins it around and pushes it forward to Quinlan. And Catherine says, if you look at that, uh, these things have dead man switches as well. And Quinlan looks up and he just says, now that's interesting. I, I kind of just assumed that was the contingency, but it seems like there is not only a contingency spell, but also a, a, a physical uh, technological uh, reader to know when the holder has died. Obviously, it's so important that they put in a fail safe, but then why have none of them gone off? That just makes it even weirder. 
oh, maybe they've gone off and maybe that's how they're keeping track of their forces. But I obviously that seems too simplistic. I have a feeling something really, really bad's about to happen here. Worse than I, th- worse than our original thoughts. Like, all right. So we, sh- you want us to go check out this Polestar Sashida? So right now we don't have an immediate target, and I think what we should do is let you guys get some rest. We we both have sort of uh, some projects. I've been working with Aerodaxis, so we are going to get him in a chamber in which he can start tuning to the blood that you have given him. Meanwhile, Jahara and the Armada are going to start doing planetary-wide scans to see if we can't figure out what they're trying to distract us from. And once that happens, that will be your job, because they have stretched our forces very thin. And we also feel like they are monitoring our forces somehow. But I don't think they know they're, they're not counting on you. So you will be able to approach them without alerting them. And that, I think, is the key to our success. Yeah, that's a um, great plan. Um, yeah, do your scans, and we'll um, make a list of high-priority high targets. So the shield, this pulsar, Sashita, or um, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever else you think of, and then we'll go from there. Okay, we will uh, keep you up to date, and uh, his stool kind of like floats off. If, if it's okay, I would like to stay here and keep looking at this stuff. There's something here I want, I'm looking for, and I know it's like, and I just like looking at all the monitors and everything. Like there's, I know I, I know it's here. There's something well, here. Here's a cat, and here's a Zelfus. Uh, roll me an engineering check, please. We'll do. We'll do. I got a twenty-eight. Uh, cool. You see what Cathan saw? You see this like dead man switch, which you know from your time with like the grandmother rat wars and like your civil war. Um, these were often used as like self destruct uh, stuff, right? It's usually keyed to the person that's holding it. Um, it has like a almost like a status effect uh, or spell effect on it, where it like it keeps a a, a measure of whoever it belongs to. The second it dies, it's supposed to explode. Like they're supposed to like, usually that's what this mechanic is for. It's meant to erase information in like data. Um, and you know, from your past check that this is a receiver. It's meant to like hold information, but not like broadcast or store or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but something here, like you, you look at it and you can see like, you've had devices like this before. Yeah. Um, and it's meant to be like, if you die, it goes kaput. But for whatever reason, these people are dying and nothing seems to be happening. There doesn't seem to be a change from it. But again, you haven't got one from someone who is alive. So this whatever whatever state it is in right now is could be what it what it does when they've died. Do we do we have more than do we have more than one of these? Oh, there's there's like 20 of them in this gravity field, all in different states of deconstruction. Okay. Oh, okay. They're already deconstructed. So yeah. yeah so there's like a there's one that's full. There's one that's just kind of like split in half. There's one that's split in half, but like the parts have been lined out, and it's like you have like the full array of like down to like the last piece is like every screw is an individual piece. I don't see Duran leaving here to rest. He he's he's in war room mode. He he wants to keep looking at this. I want to give you a check for this. I will also say if this is your if this is the route you want to take, you will not get the benefits of an eight hour rest. So whatever resources oh, you've spent, that's OK. Then whatever you've spent for the day, like your mirror image won't refresh like that kind of yeah. stuff. Okay. I still have two more. So we're good on that. And like, yeah, I'm not hurt. I just have one. I'm down one resolve point. So I don't uh, he's not going to do an eight arrest. He's just going to 
focus on this. In fact, if you want to make him fatigued, that's totally cool too. But he's No, I don't I don't think this is enough of like you'll get some food and stuff. I don't think you'll be fatigued, but mm-hmm. uh depending on how the rest of the day goes, maybe we'll talk about it. But right now yeah. I'm just saying you're not gonna get a refresh. Totally fine, totally fine. I just I just can see him with all these puzzle pieces and he's trying to make the he's trying to figure out what the missing pieces or what's missing from the puzzle and from that trying to figure out like what the bigger hole is. Okay, I want you to roll a check for me so I can see. You're, if you're going to invest in this, I want to yeah. give you something. Okay, okay. Um, what What do you think? I will, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a perception check. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a sense motive. Okay. And I'll give you, no, one of those two things, and I'll give you some information. One of them? Okay. Because I guess what I'm trying to figure out, and that's the biggest thing, and maybe that'll help you, and you can feel free to like save it for later and think on it, what I'm actually asking for, because you don't have to because it's going to take all like the entire time, right? So it can come up a little bit later, but he feels like there is a factor that needs to be in place before the dead man switches and the contingency spells work. And that's what he's trying to figure out. Like, what is the variable that is missing almost in a way? Okay. Huh. And I'll give it, I'll give you this. You don't, you don't have to say it now. Like, I think it's going to be all all night thing. So I got a 35 on that sense motive. Okay, I don't know if you're going to be able to figure that out. Okay, but I will. I will give you that with your sense motive. You're looking at the patterns and the movement of the troops, mm-hmm. and you're starting to see that they are pretty distinctly avoiding the ley lines. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what you that I that is your hunch that this force right now, this military, the mercenary invasion, is. Mm-hmm drawing attention away from the ley lines of Sedona's prime. Okay, cool. Cool. But I will say that is that's not like an immediate recognition. I think yeah, that's yeah. you you working with the the team the whole night is kind okay. of what you guys uh determine. Um Cody, I know you wanted to talk to Jenny. Yeah. Um so before we we do a rest, we'll do that. Where's she at? Um I think she's hanging out with Shortjack. They're just kind of like relaxing maybe they're in like a cafeteria they're almost in like a mess hall you guys are kind of underneath the the palace right now you're not in the palace proper um and you're in sort of like a barracks situation uh and they're at a cafeteria eating some food i'm gonna walk by uh short jack and like give him a little fist bump and say merrick thinks you'd be cooler if you were red and then sit down beside jenny uh he stops and he's like fuck i would be cool if i was red Hey. He's an illusion boy. He can do that, right? Yeah. Or That's just like point. if he's in uh, photon mode, is he kind of red? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, hey, uh, how are you? How are you doing? Uh, she looks up and she says, uh, I'm, I'm going through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's I figured. That's why I'm here interrupting your food. Um, yeah, it's seeing the Sarkeesians again isn't easy. But hey, let me tell you, beat the, the shit, shit out of that one. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty fucking good. Felt pretty good. I will be beating the shit out of probably some more. Um I was wondering is there anyone you know who was personally involved last time? I'll I'll make a note. Uh she shakes her head and she says the likelihood of a merc lasting that long is slim. I if he's still alive, I'm sure he's not living a good life, and I would be shocked if any of the ones that that made my life hell are even still alive, especially a Sarkeesian. 
So I appreciate the offer, but I'm just make me the deal that if we are going to continue to beat the shit out of Sarkeesians, I get to tag along. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, no, by all means, uh, you make me the deal that if by chance you do see one, you let me get in a few a few hammer blows or punches, whatever. Sometimes I throw my weapon across the room by accident. I mean, it happens. It does. Although you have a strap on your guitar, so it very rarely happens to you. Is that why? Get a strap for your hammer. Oh, my God. Uh, Cody's just like staring <laughs> off into the distance, like worlds opening up around him. Is there anything you want to talk about or or you just want to beat some faces in? Yeah. I mean, you you know my history with them. You know yeah. that they suck. But no, I, I, I like I'm trying to do the the feelings thing recently. And sometimes just because you've talked about them once doesn't mean they're they're better. No. And I I really appreciate you checking in on me. That's really, really important. And I got to say. You're getting better at the feelings thing. Hey, I'm I'm trying. I got some really good teachers. She slides over uh, her cafeteria tray and she's like, would you like some gray stuff? And you look down at the tray and it's just like four different things, like different uh, consistencies of gray things. There's like a, a cube. There's like a, a liquid. There's like a mush. <laughs> and then there's like some like flakes. Are you guys experimenting on the silver liquid? No, this is the finest Sinonan cuisine. Is it as bad as it looked? You know what? It's not. Hmm. Which one should I? I'll, I'll start with the goop. Start with the goop. It looks like Zelfus. You see, like, Shortjack is, like, scraping the goop section, like, clean and eating it. Hello, Space Jam Dane here to do the things. We're going to keep this real quick and easy. First and foremost, we hope you're enjoying the episode. Second, this week has been sponsored by Zencaster. I talked about it before, but Zencaster is the whole reason that you're hearing this show. Uh, we have dudes all over our lovely country. We have Ryan is across on the other end, the East Coast. Terry lives in another city. Niall and I are the only two people who live in the same city. It would be very difficult to do the show if it wasn't for something like Zencaster. It is a all-in-one podcasting studio where we can all just jump on. We record the show. We don't have to worry about backups or losing any progress because even with a slow connection, you've got crystal clear audio quality and backups that are saved on site. Zencaster makes it incredibly easy for us to get together, record the show. It is stress-free. It's worry-free. It makes the whole experience very easy. In fact, I'm recording this break in my studio, which is a closet, as you know. And then I'm going to literally walk into my living room where I edit the show and download the files all from there. I don't need to do any transferring. It's all right there. You can access them on any computer as long as you just log into your account. Using Zencaster is now super easy to record a podcast. Log in using any browser. Start recording a high-quality podcast episode right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure that you always have your recording in the highest quality, even if your connection is unstable. If you've ever thought of starting your own podcast and then realized that you need a bunch of tools and services and platforms. Well, those days are over. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcasting platform. You can create your podcast all in one place and then distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com slash pricing and use our code NOQUEST and you'll get 30% off the first month of any Zencaster paid plan. Once again, that is Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code NOQUEST 
and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experience that we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Thank you to everyone who checked out and uh, tuned in to the stream at PAX Unplugged. Uh, we had a blast playing with the the fine folks over at the Atomless. Uh, we might have some more news in the future for you, so keep uh, your eyes peeled on our socials and our Discord. Uh, speaking of which, if you want to join the Discord, head on over to NoQuestCast.com. Click the Discord link. You'll be brought in. People will love you. We'll welcome you with big, warm, open arms. You'll get a big old internet hug, and uh, you'll be a part of an incredible community that we're very, very proud of even oliver i don't know if you just heard him but he he agreed right there with me the show is available if you missed it and and want to check it out it is available on paizo's youtube channel right now i believe but i will be uploading it onto our patreon for everyone who is just like a free content thing on the patreon uh, so it will be accessible to everyone i'll probably get it up this weekend hopefully on uh friday or saturday oliver what's up bud He's he got so much to say. He, he Maybe he wants to do the break for once. It'd be nice. I'd, I'd like a break from the break. Other than that, uh, big congratulations to everyone who uh, won during our Patreon giveaway. Uh, we gave away $100 to Misty Mountain and a $50 gift card to Misty Mountain. Uh, we're really looking forward to see the dice that you got. Um, other than that, I think that's it for this week. It's a pretty easy one, a pretty light one. Uh, and we will see you in two weeks time. You guys are woken in the morning by Jahara banging on your door, just being like, we've got some information. War room in five. And so he goes up. Yeah, it's it's very early. It's like 6 a.m., yeah. five or 6 a.m. And uh, yeah, you guys have been summoned to the war room. If you want to do anything in the morning, let me know. But you guys are, are being requested pretty quickly. Uh, I'm going to roll Jenny's ability. Yes, do uh, Jenny's uh, ability and Catherine's ability, please. Oh, oh yeah. is that per day? Yeah, I thought that was per uh, adventure. Nope. Damn, I, kind of like I didn't get to use the read I will I like say, it. if you want to hang on to your Cathan, that's a choice. If you want to re-roll, you can. If you want to keep it, you can. I would like no, to keep I'm it, please. Reach. Okay. But yeah, I will I'll do keep Jen. mine for now. Okay. Um, I rolled a one on the Jenny abilities. Let me just... Oh, you can you can choose your Jenny ability now. Oh, true. Oh. I forgot oh. about that. But I like rolling. I like the randomness of it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you could still do that. All yeah, right. Like rock rock inspiration. inspiration. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, all three of you taking rocker? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, if you guys just want to head into the war room, you go into the war room. There's kind of a, a hustle, and people are, like, moving around with a lot more uh, fervor than than you saw yesterday. And Jahora, as he walks in, he goes, sit rep now. And a soldier points to the screen and pulls up a bunch of things. He's saying, the, the mercenaries are hitting every target, like, everywhere all at once there's a lot of them we've sent out our forces they're holding them off i don't think it's anything is in particular danger but this is the largest scale attack that we've seen what are they focusing on um once again he, they pull up like just the most random assortment of there's like a car dealership no. there's uh like a shopping mall there's a couple farms um some industrial things a lot of like small settlements out into the outskirts and Jahara says, Durin has figured out that it seems like they're avoiding the ley line. And if we follow the pattern of attacks, we're going to guess it's this one. 
and the ley lines on the map light up and all the other lights kind of dim down and you can see that like where the attacks are are have left this one ley line that runs sort of like uh, north south not too far from where you guys are uh, is the only sort of like place that there isn't a wide scale attack in the area okay whatever's happening is happening now we need to we gotta we gotta go yeah um, Johara says I have sent out all of my forces so I need to stay here and protect the palace I will give you a vehicle to get there as quickly as you can but I cannot spare the men to back you up that's fine so where exactly are we going to on the ley line it seems like there is a like a dead zone and, okay. and that is where you're going to be sort of like heading out to before we go how how would they how would they even sabotage this ley line? Presumably that's their plan. What would they need to do so we can do the opposite? I would imagine there's either a a device that they have or a magical uh, artifact of some sort. The the, the the dead man switches. Have we even like seen what they even do near a deadline or the ley line at all? Uh no. Okay. So we get we get their doohickey and we we bash it up or take it away. We're good at bashing and taking. We are. All right. I'll have the vehicle prepped. Let's let's roll out. Uh, is J- so Jenny's coming with us? Is Kath and Short Jack kind of anybody else? Um, it whoever you want to bring with you, uh, you can bring. I will say, well, maybe no. I I think you could bring one more person in terms of like this vehicle. All right, Kathan, you know the planet. We we might need a tour guide. Yeah, you got it. Um, and he's already got his like rifle slinged over his shoulder and his pistol pistol in his holster. Short Jack, Zelfis, see if you can uh, help Quinlan at all. Okay. As you guys are leaving, Kathan pulls his pistol out of his holster, uh, twirls it around, and hands it to you, Merrick, and says, when they decide to fly. And yeah, you guys are, are led to a garage. Um, and the second you get out of the bunker, you can hear the conflict from within the, the Imperial City's walls. You can hear it outside. You're seeing and hearing uh, a lot more than what you heard earlier. Like, this seems to be the start of major combat operations. Um, but again, they they have assured you that it's just mercenary. It doesn't seem like the Ministry of Defense has made a move yet. Uh, okay, I have a feeling we're not going to see mercenaries where we go. So keep it, keep your head on a swivel. Whatever they're doing, they're doing it subtly, right? So anything that looks off, just call it out, even if it's something minor. It's um, You guys are tearing ass through uh, the like city, and eventually uh, break through the gates um, and into the sort of like wilderness outside of the city. Um, it doesn't take long. It takes about 10 minutes to get to this ley line that uh, you've been told about. I guess it would be a little longer. It'd be weird if it was that close to the city. It takes about an hour, I would say, of driving uh, top speed to get to this ley line. And once you get there, you can see that it is almost quite literally a line of magical energy that is running through like, you know, like the, the, the guiding lights and like airports and stuff. It almost looks like that. Like it looks like a, a, a technological installation. Flow. Yeah. Like underneath. Yeah. But you can see that there is like a distinct line of uh, bright yellow energy running up and through. And sure enough, when you get there, you see that there is a small force of people and they have, constructed something that looks like a doorway over the ley line so there's this like black and gold arch that goes up and over and the ley line is running through it and there's about four people there um give me a perception check oh god first roll oh that's bad 
Not bad as well. No, that's, what's my perception again? I feel like when we started recording, we beefed our perception checks for like 10 episodes. Yeah, 27. I think, Duran, you're still so distracted that you're trying to like piece together what this yeah. is that like you're not taking, you're looking at big picture and not fine details. Cody, I think you're doing the opposite. I think you're zeroing in on like the wrong stuff and like you're trying to, you're. I'm driving so hard as well that I'm just trying to like, like I feel like that's where I'm engrossed. Right. But Merrick, you can see that there are three mercenaries. It seems like a couple blood letters and a Sarkeesian. But there's another person there that in armor that you haven't seen before. And it is this sort of angular black armor that has this gold inlay. And they have a, a black mask over their face with a golden uh, symbol. And it looks like the little devices like the those are but those are white and red these are black and gold in the camera where we're looking at each other you sort of did it above an eye does it happen to be above this character's eye at all so the 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 golden symbol is like one of the eyes is like over the the right eye so pretty cadrically maybe it would certainly seem as such <laughs> Does he ha- okay? What weapon? Like, what's he holding? Obviously, he looks like a big armored knight guy. Does he have like a sword or? Um, you can't see a weapon currently that he's using. Fuck. As you guys approach, let me see. Well, can we be sneaky boys? Well, you are driving a car or a vehicle. Yeah. yeah that's um. So charge at them. <laughs> Turn on the stealth mode of the car. I was I was seeing well, how, like how close you could get. Uh, but if the guy I'm not rolled. being stealthy, can I just try to crash into one of them? Oh, 100%. Yes. Fuck yeah. That's, that is your option. Um, however, one of the dudes, uh, the guy in the, the black armor, he sees you, he clocks you a fair distance away, and he disappears. God damn it. Is he, like, vanishes or pops into the, like, arch? Vanishes. That's bad. Like, yeah. But yes, I will give you an attempt to uh, drive into this dude. Um, what is your... Roll me attack roll. I think sure. that's the easiest I, way to do it. Can I roll piloting? Uh, no. This is an attack. All right. Mm. That is going to be a 24. Uh, cool. Yeah, you, you hit this guy. And you know what? This is a high... I'm not going to roll damage. This guy's dead. You <laughs> hit one of the Sarkeesians. Yeah, I want to, like, drive up and, like, essentially, like, drift into him so that we, like, spin the back of our car around. It hits him. He just goes fucking flying. And then we're stationary... Like, yeah. just beside the others, so when we pile out, we can... Yeah, you yeah. launch this Sarkeesian, and Jenny has... Uh, she's up on the back seat with her, her like, leg up on the, the back of the, the chair. So she's got, like, one leg up, one on the on the seat, and she hits a cord. And as he goes flying, you just see this big electric hammer smash him down into the ground, and he just goes, like, right in, and, like, even, like, makes a small divot into the, into the earth. And she says, yes, this is why I came. Uh, and everyone roll me some initiative. How- oh, shit. 24. 19. This is going to be a first, I think. A 15. Ooh. Uh, Merrick, you go first. Was there a, what was the closest, Merrick? So I'm assuming gate, object, and then just a couple guys sort of around it. Is that what we're dealing with right now? Yeah, the gate is about 40 feet wide um, okay. to cover the whole ley line. Uh, there's this 
yellow. It literally looks like like frosted plastic almost. But when you get on it, you can feel it's more of like a crystal that yeah. is is the ley line itself. And there's this like soft orange glow or yellow glow coming from it. And then there is uh, two uh, blood letters who are there. They, they seem to be doing something to the gate. But the second you fucking launch that Sarkeesian, um, they've drawn their weapons and are uh, moving towards you. Okay, can I meet a uh, blood letter? Oh, for sure. Yeah, you'll have to move right. to get to him, but yes, you can. Yeah. You can definitely get there. And I stop because my I have reach, so I can hit him a little bit farther away. True. I'm gonna roll to attack. That's gonna be a 32 to hit. It certainly does. Uh, 37 damage. And as America goes in the photon mode, and once again, just open battlefield, his comfort zone moves in his slightly longer Solarium blade just catches him a little bit off guard and just gets him across the chest to start the combat. All right. And that's it for Merrick. Uh, Cody, it's your turn. Move action. I, I like press the button that activates the boost on my hammer that Catherine gave me and it starts to like overcharge with electrical energy. Standard action charge on the same blood letter. Okay. That's <laughs> the net 20. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah. Does you hear boost get doubled? I don't know, but fuck it. Yeah. Why not? We'll, we'll look into that later. Uh, tell me how you are launching yourself out of this car. I know in, in theory we kind of stopped, but like imagine if as we're spinning, Durin, or Merrick jumps out, and then I use the momentum of the car spinning to like throw myself out. I just fly okay, past. Okay, yeah, you're still in that like drift, like that fishtail spin. Yeah, and I just like literally go flying past him. Oh my god. I was doing really well and I rolled two ones. Uh, 67 points of damage, and he's knocked down. Yeah, he takes this huge fucking hit. You hear so many things break, uh, and he hits the ground, and for a second you think you've killed him, but it looks like he's got just a very small amount of life left in him. You can see him, like, <sighs> trying to like get up. Cool, it is their turn. Uh, he's going to try to <laughs> get up and attack you. Attack of opportunity? No, not no. Starfinder. It's just his movement action, so he only gets one attack. Uh, that is a 28 KAC. 28 KAC will not do it. <laughs> Damn, okay. Uh, He's just going to have just like casually like slap it aside. Yeah, he like raises his, his blade and then just like taps it into you. <laughs> uh, the other guy is going to uh, take a shot off at you, I think. Ooh, that's not going to do it. Uh, 22 EAC? Nope. Okay. Uh, the shot goes wide. Dern, it's your turn. Okay, I'm going to, like, tumble off uh, tumble off the vehicle, rushing into the one that's like not hasn't been hit yet, and I want to do a trick attack. We're going to do a setup strike. Oh, nice. 18 on the die for the stealth, so that's a, a lot. Hold on. My favorite number, a lot. 43. Is- yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Believe it and- or not, these guys aren't CR23. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to just do I'm not sure if it's Herring Fire one, but it's the one that adds damage to whoever hits yep. the next stack on him. And I succeed. So I'm just gonna be cover laying down covering fire as those two move in and you know, just providing support. Uh cool. It's Catherine's turn. He's going to try to take advantage of that. Hell yeah. Oh, you could you're gonna you might get to roll my trick attack damage, Dan. Hell yeah. Uh he probably will. Yes, he does. Um he whips his 
rifle off his shoulder. He chambers around with the lever action um, and braces it on the the car door that he's on. And he's going to take a shot and he's going to do uh, some good damage, I think. Cool. Uh, Please add 5d8 to that damage. Oh, my God. I don't have enough d8s. This feels good. This feels like we fucking know what we're fucking doing. <laughs> yeah, which only means the combat's very much about to shift. Oh, well, I have a feeling whatever comes after this combat's going to be real fucked. Uh, Kevin does 41 points of damage to this is the one that hadn't been hit yet, right? Yes. Yes. The one that had been hit. Yeah. He takes a shot off at Cody and then uh, Kevin just once again, like chambers one of those rounds with the lever action and takes a shot and just catches him just like right center mass. And he goes stumbling back. You can see that his armor has been splintered and shattered where he shot him. Uh, and as you can see a little bit of blood beginning to seep through that hole. It is uh, Jenny's turn. <laughs> That's a nat fucking 20. <laughs> Yes, let's go. You see like a big uh, hand come up in electricity and just fucking punch him right in the fucking face. I rolled pretty low. Uh, That's 22 points of damage to uh, that dude. Uh, He also looks pretty fucked up. Um, As the turn ends, the gate activates and there is Mm. a ripple of blue energy through the gate begins to ripple and kind of warp and distort. Uh, and then it is Merrick's turn. Is that some kind of teleport gate? I'm assuming it's some kind of teleport gate. Um, does it feel like there's... Oh, I don't have enough. I'm only at level two photons, so I can't turn the light. So uh, if I'm looking at this gate, Dan, is there something... Does it look like there's an off switch or some way I could stop it? <laughs> it looks like they've like built it into the ley line. Like you can see at the foot of the, the gate, or at the like where the gate hits the ground, you can see that there's cracks in that crystal that is the ley line, and it looks like it's been driven into it. Okay, uh, I'm gonna finish attack this guy in front of me first. Um, that one's low on the dice, so that's just gonna be a twenty to hit. Uh, that is enough. Oh no! Okay. Sorry, no, it is not. It's not. All enough. right, but I'll attack again, and that one will be a thirty. That hits. I I don't even. You don't have to roll damage. He has six HP left. Yeah, it's like there's no way for me to do less than that. Yeah. So, yeah. So Merrick quickly just like cuts his head off. Like just like he once again, realizing something else is about to happen, finishes the job quick. Fine. Head goes falling. And I was looking at this gate. Is there anything between Merrick and the gate? Like, can I just move towards the gate now? Yeah, you can definitely move towards the gate. Merrick's going to start moving towards the gate. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Finish do you your job. To- I'm going to see what I can do at this gate. Yeah. Okay, cool. Dur- no, Cody, it's your turn. Move action. Uh, boost and then charge uh, the next guy. Okay. That's not going to do it. It's an 18. That's not enough. No. That sucks. <laughs> oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a two. It is his turn. Now he's not like flat footed or staggered or anything from the last round, right? Wait, it, does everyone against your trick attack, are they staggered for a full round? Uh, not staggered. Or sorry, flat footed. Uh, yeah. uh, what did you get? Me? Oh, an 18. No, no, you still miss. Okay, fair. Okay, it is their turn. Um, did you uh, ranged attack or melee attack, Duran? I ranged. Okay, then he's going to take a swing on Cody. Uh, that's probably not going to do it again. No, that's a 27. Yeah, no, I, I guess I miss. He goes for me. I just like dodge out of the way. Yeah, you guys are just like swinging at each other. He's still in fairly decent shape and you guys just can't find a, a proper uh, hit on each other. Um, it is Catherine's turn. I'm going to yell out and be like, we need, we need to figure out a way to, to shut down this gate. 
Catherine Duran? Well, as there's only one dude left, right? What wandering around? Just one? There's only one, yes. Okay, cool, cool. So I'm gonna use my trick attack to make my way towards the gate. Uh, but you know, stealthily I can still like movement while I'm rushing there shooting. My stealth is a um twenty-nine. That is enough, yeah. Cool. All right, let's try to hit him. Nat one. Cool. Yeah. Is there any way I can re-roll that? I guess not one, right? I can't use a rocker inspiration, right? That's only for yeah, skills. Right. Yeah, you can. The... Yeah, any roll before you roll, or oh no, oh. sorry, that's that's not a re-roll. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's well, on, encore is a re-roll. It's the re-roll. Rocker yeah. inspiration is you add either plus five or plus two. Oh yes, true. Okay, fair. So not one. I'm just gonna focus. I guess I'm focused on the gate, and I'm just rushing over to there. So here's what I'll say happens as you are lining up your shot. It's an energy weapon, right? It's not ballistic. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's energy. As you're lining up your weapon, you feel your gun just power down. Weird. Okay. As you feel the ley line beneath you beginning to surge with energy. And I will say that anyone who's using a weapon right now that has a battery, it doesn't work. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. As you start to feel... Actually, no, I won't I won't punish everyone quite yet. I will oh, say this is fine. this is the first notice. Like, Duran, you notice this happen. Um, okay. But everyone else's, like, electronic devices are all starting to go a bit fucking weird. Um, Kathin is going to make an attack. He misses. Jenny's going to make an attack. She hits. Can Kathin do, like, an engineering check on the, the gate sure, or something? Sure, yeah. He can, he can absolutely do that. Um, that's another 16 points from Jenny. Just like that was what Cody was yelling about. Yeah, he'll he'll do an engineering check. Faux show. Uh, damn. Okay, that's very good. Uh, he looks at it and he says, "Whatever they've done, they've tapped into the ley line. They're they're using this to circumvent the pulsar. So it's not going to give them a lot. But I think this is how they're getting their reinforcements, or how they plan on getting their reinforcements. How do we stop it? Smash it, I guess. Okay. Doable." Can I get a check-in at this point? I'm assuming not. Uh, I'll let you roll it, sure. There's an engine. I want to make an engineering check. It might just be the inner Durin in me being like, something's off, but something feels off. Something right? Yeah, 38 on my engineering. You definitely know that, yeah, the, the way to like turn this thing off, there's probably a really complex technical way, but at this point in time, because it's like hardwired into this like source of magical energy, uh, yeah. the easiest and fastest way would be to just smash it. Just smash the shit out of it. Uh, okay. okay. Jenny did her damage. It's top of the round, Merrick. But before that happens, you see a ripple in the gate. As a single blood letter steps out, he quickly examines his surroundings. There's initial flash of concern on his face, but that quickly melts away into a crooked, toothless smile. As you see the dark, wavering silhouettes in the haze of the portal as more blood letters step out, interspersed with heavily armored Sarkezians. Their numbers grow rapidly, 10, then 15, then 20, and now 30. A near endless stream of mercenaries begin pouring out of the portal as the ley line flickers and hums. The smell of petrol fills the air as the blood letters rev up their buzz blades. And over the chorus of the Bloodletters' blades, you can hear the shoulder-mounted Gatling guns on some of the more heavily armored Sarkisians begin to spin up as they adjust the bandolier of bullets strewn across their chest. The one Bloodletter that you had been fighting who was guarding the portal grins as he spits a glob of blood onto the ley line that immediately begins to sizzle from the heat now radiating off it. He looks at you and he says, 
Looks like the cavalry's here.